to have you. Bill Michael's show, hour number two. Talking, uh, talking Packers and uh, some of the things that uh, Matt LaFleur had to say yesterday. Very politically correct, uh, Matt LaFleur was. Uh, there was things he wanted to say, you could tell, but uh, he didn't. And he just kind of, you know, brought it to the forefront that, uh, you know, Joe Barry, for the sake of continuity, that's the reason they're hanging on to him. They feel like the defense started to play well towards the end of the season. Mike uh, Clemens brought up a good point about Stokes, that the last time he saw Stokes, uh, he was on one of those little carts that you have underneath your knee when you're pushing yourself around, um, a little scooter, and he had pins and needles and screws sticking out of his leg to put the ankle back together. How well he's healed, we'll have to wait and see. I can't imagine he's going to be ready to go full throttle once they hit uh, once they hit um, uh, training camp. But uh, it is what it is, I guess. Hopefully he can come back. Darnell Savage is... Uh, is a question mark, and can he put his head on straight and come back with a terrific attitude? Rashawn Gary, at what point do you get him back in the season? You know, how good is he going to be once he does come back? Engabari played well, but he's no Rashawn Gary, so, you know, you, are you going to fortify that particular position? you got to fortify the safety position uh, as well. Uh, maybe once or twice over in the draft, as Mike said, alluded to, 10-11 picks in the draft, and that's going to be a lot of opportunities for uh, Brian Gutekinds to try to fulfill some of these positions. And uh, does this thing drag out with uh, the Aaron Rodgers trade? Um, do you really, you know, I, I, if it's the 13th overall that the Packers end up getting, then, yeah, I think it's it's well worth it. Trying to find – now, if you're going to get two twos, then it gives you bargaining power. If you do see somebody in the first round you want to jump up and get, you have some additional, um, you know, cash in the bank, if you will, to be able to use that to go up and get the guy that you want. Find the player you want. But uh, otherwise, if you're only going to end up with one second-round draft choice this year and another one next year, Goody may be looking at that going, it's just one more pick. Who cares? For Aaron Rodgers, it's just one more this year? Nah, who cares? I'll wait this out. We'll, we'll wait and do it after June 1st. I'll grab some more of that some more of that draft capital for later down the road. We'll do it after June 1st, be able to split up some of that money. This may not get done right away. If the Jets aren't willing to really step up to the table, this may not get done until after June 1st. When we thought this was kind of a, a – now, uh, I do get Daniel says, well, I thought it was going to happen. It's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers will be under center in New York. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Because if you get past the draft, there's no reason for the Green Bay Packers to make a trade prior to June 1st. At least after June 1st, you get a little cap relief this season and next. You get to split that up, that money up. So if you need to go go out and find yourself a free agent, whether it's a, a wide out, a safety, or what have you, then suddenly you have a little bit of that money. You can do that. But if if... And, and again, that's if the Jets don't, you know, up their offer, so to speak. Otherwise, it's going to drag out. Now, what really, I guess, would come into play, and this is where, as uh, Packers fans, you're kind of glad you don't have an owner, is if Woody Johnson gets really nervous and says, hey, what's going on? And Douglas says, well, they're not willing to come uh, to, to our demands. And I don't know. 
Now, we can always tell them, you know, go pound sand because they don't want to keep Aaron Rodgers, but they don't really have a lot of options. So they want to get past June 1st. Do you look at it and say, well, I, I don't want to go. I mean, does Woody Johnson go, I don't want to go past June 1st. Does he jump into the Lamar Jackson mix? Does he go out and try to find somebody else? Do they climb the ladder and try to grab yet another first-round draft choice to play the quarterback position? I doubt it, but that's always possible when you have a single owner. You know? Um, But it's going to get done. Uh, I I firmly believe it. Uh, I am... You know, again, I, if I had to sit here today and bet my house that uh, Aaron Rodgers will be under center in New York come the first game of the regular season, I, I'd bet my house right now. And I don't do that very often. I think I've been doing – I've done it – I've said that, stated that maybe ten times in my entire life, and I think I've missed on one of them. What was – as a matter of fact, that was recent, Ben. What was the one that I missed on? Game four of Bucks nets in 2021. Okay. Maybe it was game five. Yeah. Because I really thought the Bucks were going to come back and get that game. Because they got beat, and I thought, you know what? The Bucks just don't get beat back-to-back games. Doesn't happen. And uh, sure enough, they did. So, no, I, I, you, you are correct. You are correct. So it's happened once. And that was on a game. This, this particular scenario and situation, I bet my house on. Bet my house on. Rodgers will be under center in New York. It's just a matter of time. And when we talked about the whole deal being done, the deal was done when Aaron Rodgers made the mental shift to say, okay, I'm out. I'm on my way to New York. I, I want to play for the Jets. That was the mental shift. Because that was the, that was the past the point of no return, I'm not looking back. Uh, and then the other argument to this for the Jets side of things is how much do they give up if, if indeed Aaron Rodgers only plays one year? Herm says, uh, I am sick and disgusted with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers as a Jets fan. I just want to see him go away. I want to move on with something bigger and better than what Aaron Rodgers can offer this team other than his giant ego and all the drama. That is Herm listening to us in New Jersey. Herm, welcome to the circus, my friend. Welcome to the circus. Been living it a long time. 877-867-1670. Uh, this is Christy who says, uh, I just want to see Aaron Rodgers be happy, come back and retire as a Green Bay Packer with a one-day contract, and we can then finally say he was one of the greatest of all time. Christy, he is one of the greatest of all time. We can say that now. No matter what kind, no matter what you think of the drama, he's, he still is one of the greatest. It depends on where you want to place him. That's up to you. That's conjecture. But he is, without a doubt. Well, that, there's nothing anybody can ever say to take that away from him. When it comes to what he's done on the on the on the field for the Green Bay Packers, can't take it away from him. Sorry, you just can't. I know some want to, but you can't. JD says uh, I'm missing out on something here. Are the Packers better or worse without Aaron Rodgers? My opinion is they're better. They no longer have to worry about his ego. Guys can just go out and play and not worry about who they have to impress, other than just the coaching staff and the guys around them. Uh, wide receivers can just go out, run the routes, and not worry about all the intricacies of what's going through number 12's mind. I think that Jordan Love may not be better, but at least he's going to run the offense the way it was written. 
J.D., appreciate the email. Thanks so much. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us, do it. 877-867-1670. Matt LaFleur talked about just that, by the way. When it comes to just running the offense. Take a listen. It, it's it's always the way I always view it. It's our offense, and obviously you want to do whatever it accentuates your your players' abilities, whether it's the quarterback, receivers, whoever it may be. Your offensive line, if they're going up against a stud pass rusher, you're going to try to help them. And um, but I do think there's a comfort factor with the quarterback. I, I've always said it. Uh, I believe it's the hardest position to play in all of sports. And so you want to, you want that guy to feel comfortable and confident in whatever play is going in there so he can go out there and, and play to the best of his ability because if, if you get good quarterback play, you got a pretty good chance of, of winning games. And um, certainly Aaron's done it as good as anybody in this league. So uh, I, I get it that he is talking about it being our offense and, again, dancing around the obvious of how much did Aaron Rodgers change the offense, how much of Aaron Rodgers' input and want changed the offense. He's just going to be politically correct and continue to speak and continue to bore the hell out of us, and it is what it is. Um, the uh, uh, th- This one's from uh, Jake who says, don't you think uh, the Packers will be better off eating Rodgers' cap hit all at once this upcoming year instead of splitting it and then uh, hit 2024, hit the ground running? Um, on both hands, you can make an argument for it. But if you need somebody to come in, let's say the team is, you know, pretty good. You know? Let, let's say it's 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 pretty good. And all you need is another wide out. All you need is a safety. All you need. Then you have the draft. Then you have the money to go buy one after June 1st. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I can see both sides of it. Ah, let's throw away this season and just move on and we'll get out of from underneath next year. Okay. But if you have that ability to lessen the blow this year and put an additional better player on the field, just think this year. Think of this year. If you have all the pieces in place, Devontae Wyatt gets better. Quay Walker gets better. Rashawn Gary comes back and plays well. You know, you, you've got your secondary playing well. You piece together a decent secondary. All you need is a veteran safety. You're able to upgrade your defensive front. Your offense is solid. You pick up a good tight end in the draft or two. You need one other veteran wide out. Now you've got a little bit of money to go spend to get those two pieces. Say this team is capable of – I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but let's just say for the sake of argument that they're on the cusp. Maybe not winning the division, but let's say they're on the outside looking in and they could be a wild card team. That experience is valuable. And if you have the ability to get that piece or two to do that, don't you want to be able to do that? And again, here comes everybody saying not with Joe Barry's defense. I get that, but I'm saying for the sake of argument. Remember, they were a playoff team with Joe Barry's defense had the offense played better last year. They were a playoff team with Joe Barry's defense that did not lose that game against San Francisco in the playoffs a couple of years ago. It was the special teams in the offense again that ended up falling short. So you say what you want. And again, I agree with you. I don't like Joe Barry as a defensive coordinator. I don't think he's aggressive enough, uh, enough in particular situations. But just take for the sense of argument. 
that this team is on the cusp of getting in, you would like to have that little bit of bank to be able to spend on a player or two that you may need to be the difference between sitting out of the postseason and getting that experience versus playing in the postseason and getting a little bit of that experience, whether it's a wild card one and done or you get a win, you know? 877-867-1670, Todd says LaFleur is considering having Keyshawn Nixon run a few plays on offense. Would it be interesting? Very much so. He's the uh, he's the lesser version of Debo Samuel now all of a sudden. He's got just an elusiveness to him. He's not a speed burner. He's not a great leaper. He's not a, uh, a guy that is this unbelievable, crisp guy that can run routes and but he's got an elusiveness to him once he gets the ball he's just got a he's got the ability to make people miss and that's something that you have or you don't there there's there's no in between a lot of guys will just grab the ball and take off with their speed and run right ahead and if they break a if they if they break a a, a tackle so be it and then they're off to the races okay great but for the most part if you've got that ability to just kick it into a different gear and make a guy miss or make people take bad angles on you because you look slower than what you are, there's an elusiveness to you, that's what what we've seen out of Keyshawn Nixon. I mean, there's been times where you could see the hole and it was like, okay, they're going to get him, they're going to get him. No, wait a minute. And all of a sudden, it's uh, for those of you that ride a motorcycle, I'm going to give you this example, and if you don't, I apologize. But uh, they always teach you in motorcycle class, you know, like if you're driving – or riding, and you've got a dog coming at you. You slow down a little bit, let that dog take an angle, and then you gas it, and then off you go. And that way the angle of the dog does not get get to you to where the dog can either hinder you, bite you, or take down the motorcycle, okay? Keyshawn Nixon's kind of that that way. He's got that ability to make you take this angle and then speed it up to make you take an angle to where you're chasing him. And then he's got breakaway speed, something that... Maybe not. it's not 40 speed. It's what I call closing speed for, like, defensive backs or wide receivers. You may not have a 4-3-40. You may run a 4-5. But once the ball's in the air and you're tracking it, you're looking over your shoulder and you can see it, you've got the ability to run under it. And suddenly you become a 4-3 speed just because you have, have the instinct of closing ability. I, I think that's what Keyshawn Nixon has. 877-867-1670, uh, Jim says, Packers do not need a veteran receiver with Rodgers gone. That's what he wanted. Packers need another young receiver to stretch the field. They're going to get that in the draft. But they do need a veteran receiver. You do. Yes, you do. And it's the same as when you have, um, I go back to when Charles Woodson came in and they had a really young secondary. And when I asked Tremont Williams, when I asked Sam Shields, when I asked Nick Collins, I said, what has made you guys so much better? He, they, they all pointed to that guy, Charles Woodson. He taught us how to study. He taught us how to work. He taught us you need the guy that's been there, done that, that young guys can lean on and say, what have you done in the past? How do you get through that? Because coaching can tell you one thing. Coaches, coaches they, they can tell you a lot of different stuff, you know, with your hips and your hands and your arms and your shoulders. And, and, you know, which way to look and all, you know, all that. But unless you've got a guy that's been there, done that, that has said, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And can show you right then and there, teach you how to study. Hey, with this guy, a guy that's been in a league that says, hey, I face this guy. He's got a tendency to do this. 
You know, he's going to try to push your hips inside. If he gets you inside, he's all over you because he loves to look at not only yourself, but he loves to look in the eyes of the quarterback as well at the same time. So he's got you. But if you can bust him in and then get back outside, he hates to turn around. He's not a turn and he's not a turn and run guy. You need that veteran guy. And I'm not saying you got to go out and spend, you know, twenty million dollars on a veteran. I'm just saying that you just need a, a a guy that's decent, that's been there, done that, that has some has some technique and ability, that, and also that's got steady hands. That that in the clutch, maybe you know. Third and two, you got to come up with it. Maybe your season's on the line. It's the difference between going to a wild card game or sitting at home in the postseason. There's a guy you can go to that has a way to get open. Not a bad thing. 877-867-1670. Uh, Thomas says people think Dobbs and, uh, and Watson are com- proven commodities. They need to show it for an extended period. Absolutely. It's not, Romeo Dobbs needs to show it continuously. I mean, Samari Torre needs to show it continuously. Christian Watson needs to show it continuously. I said that last year and got crucified. I said they don't have a downfield threat. There's no consistency there. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? Yeah, he can run. Who cares? You can still cover him one-on-one. You don't need to double him over the top and all that kind of stuff. Not yet, you don't. Not until he proves time and again that not only is he going to get past you, but he's going to catch the ball when it's in the air. And it's going to become a legitimate scoring threat time and again. Uh, Alex says, to your point for adding a veteran receiver to teach young guys, isn't that what you always make fun of Rodgers for wanting when he said Cobby can coach him up? No, completely different. This was Rodgers not wanting to come in and work with the young wide receivers. You still want a voice in there, yeah. But you can't have Cobb try to tell them what you're thinking. That was my point. You're taking it way too literal. Yes, I made fun of it. Absolutely. Cobb's not a bad I mean, he wasn't a bad receiver. For the money, it, it, no way. I wouldn't have, I would never have done that. I wasn't going to pay Cobb nine, ten million bucks a year, but that's what Rogers wanted. And then he said, hey, let Cobby coach him up. Well, how does Randall Cobb constantly tell guys that are young and impressionable and coming into the league wide-eyed for the very first time what it is you're thinking and what you, and and how your mind works continuously when you're the savant that, you know, even Jordy Nelson said after playing with Rodgers for six, seven, eight, nine years, he still wasn't on the same page with him because Rodgers would change his mind on certain things. So, yes, you need a veteran to work with the technical side of things. But you need to work with your quarterback to figure out what your quarterback is thinking and what he sees and how he sees it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. program good stuff good stuff today ben kenny producing the show i'm bill michaels don't forget coming up on friday we're going to be live at the lakers ice arena in sheboygan if you want to come by and say hi there for the midwest rv show compliments of our friends at cunis rv monday 
We are going to be at Stenny's, second of National Walkers Point in Milwaukee, and getting you ready for Brewers' home opener as uh, the Brewers are going to be taking uh, taken to the field down at American Family Field. Come on down, uh, get yourself some food, Bloody Mary with us, whatever it happens to be. Take the shuttle. If you're going to the game, take the shuttle over to the game. They run shuttles to the game, numerous shuttles, numerous times. So they just kind of keep a steady stream of buses going, uh, both over and back, and uh, and go to the game or maybe just go over, enjoy the parking lot, and then come back uh, to Stenny's and watch the game regardless. But uh, going to have a good time coming up on Monday as well. So we got a lot of live stuff coming up. Um the uh, the the thought is that Jordan Love is being built up, and suddenly you know people are looking at him saying it's Jordan Love time, and here we go. And you hear Matt Lafleur tempering the expectations and such. Uh, let me say this, and, and I've stood steadfast in this. Okay, um, I have always thought. And until I see different, I'm going to continue to think that jumping up and getting Jordan Love in the first round was a mistake. I hope he proves me wrong. There was there was not much impressive there when it came to watching his college reels. What I saw up until the game against Philadelphia out of Jordan Love whether it be preseason or the regular season against Kansas City, the regular season against Detroit, uh, has been lackluster and unimpressive. I know you need time under center in the National Football League to really begin to get it. I understand that. But it wasn't just the decision-making. I mean, it was it was some of the throws. It just looked bad. Just the quarterback play in general just looked bad. And the one thing that uh, came out of the Philadelphia game was, and, and Gutekinds alluded to it, he just let it rip. He made a decision to let it rip. Just, just off he went. And he looked good doing it. Now, if that's something that's going to be constant, great. If it's not, if it was a one-time thing or it was because the defense was playing back a little bit, the game was pretty much in hand for Philadelphia at that time, I, I don't know. We'll find out. We're, we're going to find out. But, you know, I get these people that say, you know, hey, uh, boy, have you changed your tune on Jordan Love? No, I haven't. As a fan, I hope he does well. But I've stood steadfast in saying, I don't think he's the guy. I just don't. I think drafting him at that time was a mistake. I think jumping up to get him was a mistake. I think putting all your chips and eggs in that particular basket has been a mistake and will be a mistake. Now, can this team, and I, I use a lot of different scenarios for hope and optimism. Hope and optimism reigns supreme. What the hell, you know? doesn't hurt anybody. But I have stood firm for a while now that it was a bad pick, the timing stunk, and that is the legacy with which Brian Gutekinds is going to be judged. So... <laughs> You're damn straight. They're going to temper expectations. They're going to do anything and everything they can to make him successful. But to me, what is going – the next two years of Jordan Love uh, hugely, hugely are going to be a pivotal scenario in this franchise's history because if he's adequate but not really that good and they hang on to him, he's a boat anchor that's going to take you down. If he gets good, then great. Great. 
That's that's absolutely wonderful. Then this franchise will have 30-plus years of a knack for finding quality quarterback play. And really, even longer than that, if you go back to Don Mikowski, because Mikowski was pretty <laughs> solid, too, up until he got hurt. So even more than that, 40-plus years, whatever. But I, I've, I've stood steadfast in that for a long time. Didn't like the move then, still don't like the move. You're moving now because you have to. I mean, just, you know, you're dealing with reality for what it is and the circumstance with which we live. But I'm, I'm, if, if, again, if I were going to sit down and start being a betting man, I would bet for a sub 500 season. I would bet for a season that maybe gets you close to 500 the following year. And then you have decisions to make. Because you're going to pick up that, that fifth-year option, but you're going to have to figure out if you want him as an unrestricted free agent and you want to hang on to him for a longer period of time. Is it going to be – is he going to cost Matt LaFleur his job? Is there going to be a coaching change, a defensive coordinator change? Is it what, What's going to happen with the Green Bay Packers under the next two years with Jordan Love? How much trickle-down effect is there going to be? Or is this going to make Brian Gutekinds look like a genius? First two years, you're trying to wrap your arms around the organization. Okay, and I I was explaining this with Ben the other day on the phone, Uh, you know, because people say, well, you know, hey, you're just all you're doing is you were the lead scout, one of the lead scouts, and you just moved up. Big deal. Now you're still doing the same thing. It's different. If you're the best widget maker on an assembly line, and now all of a sudden you're in charge of the assembly line and all the people that run it, you're not making widgets anymore. You're in management. Now you got to wrap your arms around management. You know what it takes to make a widget, but do you know what it takes to budget for the widget? Do you know what it takes to budget for the people that are underneath you? Do you know what it takes to find the talent to, f- to fill your position for people to make widgets? You know, you you, you got to wrap your arms around it. It took, it took Brian Gutekinds a couple of years to wrap his arms around it, to get all his pieces in place. There's a learning curve there. Same thing with quarterback. And then after that, things started to look a little bit better. The drafts got a little bit better. Scouting got a little bit better. There's some better players that they have found. Now we wait and see. Now we wait and see. Jordan Love has had three years behind a, (laughs) albeit arrogant, but an unbelievable savant when it comes to the game of football. He has been given access to the eyes and the mind of one of the best to ever play the game. Now, can he do it the same? No. But he's got to figure out how well he can do it in his version of that. And I I have my skepticism. I really do. And I'm sorry to be the bucket of cold water on many people's parade. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Greg says uh, the NFL is full of bad widget makers. That I would agree with that. Um, JJ says, I hope the team does great, but if they are totally abysmal, would you assume Goody and Matt LaFleur are gone? Ooh, not this year. Again, I think circumstances are, it depends on how you go down. 
I, I, I think it's, it's, do you go down because of injury? Yeah. You know, suppose, suppose Jordan Love takes two snaps under center game one gets drilled, separates his shoulder and he's down for the rest of the season. You know, that that's an injury that takes you down, you know, but suppose everybody's healthy and the team just looks bad. Defense can't stop anybody. Offense can't move the football. Love looks lost. Doesn't really progress. Offense is just herky-jerky. Christian Watson doesn't look good. Romeo Dobbs doesn't look good. You know, then you start to lose the locker room. Guys are starting to speak up a little bit. Rumors and innuendos, fingers getting pointed. Then, yeah, I would assume that there's a there's going to be uh, some people's jobs that are going to be attached to this. Absolutely. Rick says we haven't seen enough of love to even think if he's going to be great or serviceable. Oh, I I've seen his his you know I've seen his college and I've seen him play and I've seen every snap he's taken in the NFL. I I've seen quite a bit. I could tell you, um, I can go back over the years and look at quarterbacks that I've seen coming into the league. Brett Hundley, awful. They kept telling us how good he was going to be. <laughs> Brian Brom, awful. I saw David Klingler when he was in Cincinnati. Didn't get it. (laughs) You know, I can go through Achilles Smith. Great talent. Two-cent head. Dumb as a stump. You can look look at guys and see them physically. You can talk to them. You can get get their sense. Jordan Love is an intelligent guy. I don't know if he has the physical capability to do what's in his head to make it happen in that split-second anticipatory window that you need between your head and your arm. And that's what makes you the difference between being serviceable and average or great, or terrible for that matter. There's a lot of good quarterbacks that physically they, they talk about athleticism and a big arm and strong and accurate. But the split second between your brain and your arm. Graham Mertz, all the talent in the world. For whatever reason, he was always going to make a bad decision in damn near every game he played. Just, it just, Jay Cutler, same thing. Jay Cutler had all the talent in the world. He just made some stupid decisions. The, the split second between his head and his arm. You always knew. You always knew. So it just, we'll see. Hope for the best. Man, I didn't know Graham Mertz was going to get ricochet shots today. I've, I've seen a lot of quarterback play, man. I've, I just, when, when you talk about guys that, that show talent and show you flashes, and then they throw those one or two or three balls, and you're like, what the hell was that? Like, we all saw it. And you're the only one in the whole stadium that didn't see it, the, the, the Graham Mertz. We'll see if Jordan Love comes out from uh, the Graham Mertz capabilities, the Jay Cutler capabilities, and I emerges think, higher than that. I think Mertz is a bit different here. Where like, College is tougher because, I mean, he was surrounded by, by nothing. And well, COVID happened. That's fine, and he, but he also made some decisions that were just inexplicable. He did. No, he did. I think his... 
Well, I think it, he, he just got it was, destroyed. He had it no was line, that so that more, kind of yeah, played no, in. But, but it was that more than anything that, that caused the ire. I don't mind if you throw a couple of passes and, you know, you've got wide receivers that are tipping balls and they just don't make plays on it. That's one thing. But when you throw balls and people are just like looking at each other in the stands going, what in the actual? And it's like, I'm going to go get a hot dog. I have nothing left to say about this guy who can't seem to make a decision or see the field clearly. It's between your head and your arm and that instinct to throw the football. You know, the, that's that's what puts you between the elevated guys and the guys that are just average and the guys that are out on the uh, street looking for jobs. So just just me. And if you don't have the arm strength to be able to do what your mind tells you to do. You may see a window opening up, but if you don't have the ability to zip it into that window, then that also is going to ultimately cost you, and you have to learn from your mistakes. What Rodgers learned early on, which made him so good, uh, I mean, he had obviously this incredible talent, but he also could see the field to say, I can't do that. I'm not going to risk it. And so while, yeah, there were times that we were frustrated he hung onto the ball, he also didn't turn it over. So that was part of it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Again, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please uh, give us a shout. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.